You're listening to Rocket Night. Well, hello, Matthias. Hello. Welcome to, welcome to Rocket Night. Uh, welcome to our podcast here. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you're joining us today because I want to find out about the music entertainment industry from your perspective since you are a concert photographer. And maybe you can kind of shed some light on how things are behind the scenes. You've traveled with Chantal and uh, I don't, have you traveled with other uh, people as well or Chant Yeah, um, first of all, it's a pleasure to, to have me here. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, actually, I was the tour photographer of the German Balkan band Chantal for one year and uh, we traveled to uh, Canada, Jazzfest Montreal and Ottawa. Then I joined him um, in Mexico for two days and also for a couple of festival shows in Europe. And so it, it was not the whole year, but it was always kind of 10 days or 14 days and stuff like this. And um, I have been touring with the British band Fink for a couple of days and uh, also joined Peter Gabriel and Elvis Costello for their Austrian tour. I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're, you're really racking it up. You're, you're <laughs> resume there. <laughs> now, how does it work when you travel with them? Do you travel separately or I have no idea what it's like. Can mm. you kind of explain what it's like? Yeah. So I guess it, it totally depends uh, with which band you're working. So with Chantel, it was... Uh, a big, uh, big band, let's put it this way, there were 14 people, 14 to 15 people, and uh, we traveled with uh, this nightliner bus, so I was spending the whole day, night with them, so it's, it, if, you, if you're traveling with, with, uh, with the band, it's becoming really a family, because you're being there 24 hours with them all the time, and with Chantel it was like, uh, we drove with the nightliner bus during the night so because there were a lot of uh, long distance travels so like 600 to 800 kilometers from day to day so the the routine was like uh, you arrive at the at the new area like i don't know go to paris and then um, you arrive there at the afternoon then uh, you spend the day there you have the sound check you have dinner you play the gig and afterwards you jump into the bus and then uh, you go to the next destination overnight next day you wake up uh, at lunchtime and you are already there in the club and spent the whole day so it's kind of it's it's really a hard work and it's it's i don't know if this is really 
the rock and roll that that people uh, have in their minds, because with all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I guess not many bands can do this, because it's it's really exhausting if you play every day a gig. And uh, with Chantel, for example, they are playing uh, six weeks and uh, have three days off. So this means they play for six weeks every day a gig in another city, and I mean that's that's really hard to. I think to survive because because the problem is I mean you cannot get ill or something like this because you have to play so if you lose your mm -hmm. voice you have a really a problem because people are paying for the the tickets and uh, I guess that's that's really a tough job and uh, with Fink for example it was a little bit different because um, they were also traveling with the bus but they said that bus was so crowded they don't have any uh, space anymore so. I traveled by myself more or less and but that's that was not the problem because they were playing in Austria for three shows and so the mm -hmm. distances were not really that that far away so that's cool so I think it really depends uh, on the bands and if you're touring with smaller bands then anyhow they don't have uh, a nightliner bus a big one but they are using mini vans and if the band uh, consists of four people and they, they're driving in a minivan it's it's really crowded and most of the time they don't have the space to take you with them so do they have a, a like a van just for the equipment all the amplifiers and all that and then all the people are in another vehicle yeah, so what what i know of is if they're uh, using a nightliner bus uh, it's like a, a double decker bus with beds in it and uh, all the equipment is then back in a in a kind of an extra uh, trolley, well, is it called trolley? I don't know. In the back of the bus, you have an, another thing where all like the equipment is. Yeah, like a trailer that you yeah, pull. Yeah, trailer. Or... Yeah, equipment yeah, trailer, yeah. or or they use a minivan and have everything in the min minivan too. So, <laughs> I mean, Portugal, the man, for example, uh, I I was working with them too in in Austria, and they arrived with the minivan and have everything. Also in the minivan included uh, the guitars, the drums. I, I don't know how this this fit in. But... Wow, that's <laughs> so you're sitting there with your legs on top of equipment. <laughs> yeah, probably. And uh, for this band, uh, also it's, it's also band members are driving the bus, so they are the drivers too. So it can happen that I don't know you are a band member and you have to drive eight hours to the next gig and then you have to play there. So it's, I think it's all a, a money issue and the big bands for sure can, they have the money to, to spend on a nightliner bus with a bus driver and stuff like this. But smaller bands have to do it by their own, more or less. And they probably have to set up their own equipment too and break it down. Yeah, they do the sound check and everything by themselves and also have to get everything on stage and off stage so they don't have any, I mean, sure, there are always the, the people from, from the clubs there who can help. But as it happened with Chantel in uh, in London, we were playing, and then the show was, uh, or after the show, we had to put everything from the stage, and the people from the club went for a pizza and were not available anymore. So this can also happen. <laughs> <laughs> so so most of the time you're just sitting around with them, uh, just just chatting or. Do you take pictures of them, like candid pictures during that time? Yeah, so so I try to always make sure uh, from the beginning what I'm allowed to take pictures of because uh, that's, 
I think that's important because if you're joining a band, you're really in this closed circle. Let's let's put it this way. And um, for the band, it's also a risk because they never know what you're doing with the pictures. So, I mean, I can also take pictures from people sleeping in the bus and then just posting it on Facebook. And probably these pictures shouldn't be on Facebook. And so therefore, it's always, I, I think it's a must to talk to the tour manager, to talk to the bands, what they want to have um, taken pictures of. And if bands say, we don't want to take pictures in the tour bus because that's not for, for the public or something like this. Yeah. It's invasion of privacy. Yeah, yeah. Then, right. then you just have to obey and, and don't. So if they say they don't want it, don't do it. Because otherwise, I mean, they get pissed and whatever. So Have you heard of people doing that, taking pictures, private pictures and posting it on Facebook? I have never uh-huh. heard of this, but I guess if you do it once, then you won't be able to work with this band again. <laughs> so if they are pissed... And right. it, it's all about trust and, and, and yeah, building up relationships and, and friendships. And if they say, okay, we don't want to do it, then don't force them to do it. But most of the time, people are really relaxed and say, shoot whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Now, after the end of the gig, do you have to go back to the hotel or wherever you're staying and, and download all the pictures? What do you, what's your, your routine that you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I was traveling, I always had my laptop with me and uh, yeah, just copied the the files and probably the next day I had a look at them. And uh, it also depends. I mean, if you're shooting for bands that want to immediately uh, take the pictures and then use it for social media, then, for example, you might have a stress after the gig and and have to download Mm -hmm. it. In my case, it, it wasn't... That's stressful because with Chantel, the, the idea was to publish a book in the end of the tour. So they didn't need the, the pictures immediately. And yeah, but most likely with Think, for example, I, I just uh, uploaded my pictures uh, into Lightroom the next day when they did the sound check or whatever. And then maybe you can also have a look uh, with the band members on your computer and can decide which pictures should go out on social medias and, and stuff like this. So uh, Chantal has a tour book now or some kind of book with your uh, pictures? Not now, but hopefully in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we will work on it. But yeah, I mean, I have now a lot of pictures from festivals, from club tours. Then Chantal also is touring as a DJ. So in Mexico, I just joined him for two days, just him as a DJ, which was, oh. which was rather crazy because flying from Vienna 12 hours to Mexico stay there for two days or two nights where he's DJing and then fly back to London. So this was a, was a crazy. You have jet lag. No, I, I, I didn't have one, but I think, uh, yeah, my, my body couldn't kind of adapt to the, to the time zone there. So I just, I just didn't feel anything of, of a jet lag. So I think it was just two days. It was too less to, to get jet lagged. <laughs> Doing all this traveling, you're not really getting to sightsee or really... No, uh, I also thought in the beginning this would be cool because traveling and being in Belgium and Paris and London and, and stuff like this, I will see a lot. But the thing is, once you're in this routine and you're going from gig to gig and then you're tired and uh, there are people uh, that might go out then uh, in the afternoon and then some sightseeing or whatever but most of the people 
stayed uh, at the venue and just hanging out there and waiting for the gig. So I think it also depends because sometimes you play in, uh, in, in venues that are not really in the city center. So it's also hard to, to get into the city center. And most likely you don't, as a band member, you don't have so, so much time because if you arrive there at two and the soundtrack is at four, I mean, and then, at, then the dinner is at seven and then the gig is at 10. So, but it's, so there's it's, a structure. There's yeah, a whole yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, there's always a structure. You always have, uh, so bands travel with two managers, two manager have the info. When are interviews? When is the sound check? When does the door open? When is the kick starting and, and stuff like this? You have a whole different perspective because you're behind the scenes, right? You're, you're with them and you're, how, what about fans? I mean, you know, there's all these stories of fans throwing themselves at people. And I don't know if we can talk about that or not. But... Well, we can. No, I have no problem okay, with it. We'll <laughs> I'll read about it in your book. Maybe if you ever write one. <laughs> yeah. So I think it, it, also depends on the band but uh, the bands i was touring of i mean they are not uh, the 20 year old guys who just uh, are drunk all the time i mean these guys <laughs> these guys have families and uh they are i don't know in their this is a 40s. job yeah it's a job and then uh, it's a job yeah. and you, you have to kind of it has to work every day and i think it's a, a really hard and tough job and so people at least from my experience, they are not like uh, drinking every night or something like this. I mean, sure, there will be some who, who need this, I don't know, rock and roll life, well, but... You're up late. I mean, if the concert lets out, like, let's say 2 a.m. and then you have sure. to break down everything, the equipment... Sure, then, it's, then it's 3 and then you go with the, with the bus and then you sleep until 12 or, or 1 the, the next day. And I mean, yeah, probably some people cannot... Uh, sleep in the bus when it's while well, the bus is driving so they stay up until seven eight when the bus stops somewhere and they sleep then until five and then it's the sound check so this this totally depends but i i guess most of the people are really kind of try to get this tour behind them and and have a daily routine where they can stick to it and they say okay i will always have an app or whatever or we have sound check and then then it's the dinner and then it's the gig and then we go to the next um, venue or we go to the hotel and sleep there. So it's it's not doing party all the day because I think this physically it's not possible if you have to, to work. What about, I always read about certain uh, rock stars have in their contract, they have to have certain foods put out. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, have you seen that where they'll have health food sitting out or no no red M&Ms or whatever? <laughs> yeah, stuff like this. Having uh, the contract, all these weird things. Yeah, yeah. This, you, this, this, have you ever seen that? Or? This, this exists. So the bands will tell the, the clubs where they are playing what they want to eat. Like, I don't know, they want healthy avocados or whatever. Or they just mm -hmm. want a, a special sort of vodka or a special sort of chocolate or stuff like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this this exists, but uh, with the bands I was touring with, it was never like 
some crazy shit's going on. So it's yeah, yeah. I wondered about that. Yeah, like... yeah. I mean, probably with with all the superstars and and Rolling Stones. I don't know what they have on the on the tour either. They're, but they're divas. They're divas. And they, <laughs> yeah, they... yeah. But well... now, nah, but normally and and yeah, and I mean, sure. People say, okay, I'm a vegetarian or whatever, and and stuff like this, but. Most likely, if you're going to these venues and they play, there is always a restaurant connected, and you get get great food in the in the afternoon at least, or in the evening. As a concert photographer, what's the best thing that that's you like about it, and what's the worst thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's start with the worst thing. The worst thing for oh. me is if there is no photo pit, and it's a hardcore concert. <laughs> No, for, for me, the, the photo pit is kind of a, a safety area where I can uh, yeah, work in it and I don't have to take care of dancing people or crowd surfers or whatever because anyhow the securities are there and they take care of you and I can do my job, so that's cool. I mean, I don't mind if there is no photo pit and uh, yeah, there is an indie band playing and, and anyhow... All the people are just standing there and nothing happens in the audience that's that's also cool but um, the thing what i don't like is if it's really crowded like a sold out club and there is no photo pit and then you're not really able to move and people are pissed because you're standing in front and, and are not moving so this is no photo pit this is not the, the best thing for me i would say um the best thing though uh is yeah to work with the band directly because as you also know uh, if you're shooting in the photo pit you have this three songs rule and after three songs you have to leave and mm -hmm. you're also not getting in, in contact with the band it's like i mean it's it's one step closer to the band compared to the audience because you're you're being after the fans like or in this photo pit before the stage but it's not like having kind of a relationship or, or getting in contact with the band. And if shooting with the band, um, what I try to do mostly now is uh, to contact the band and ask if I can work with them. Um, and then I try to also get portraits um, backstage and then working with them for the whole show. So this is also great because you don't have the limitation of three songs, which is probably a little bit stupid i also don't know i just heard that uh, this three songs rule um, got discovered kind of by bruce springsteen i don't know if this is true but it seems that bruce springsteen said he doesn't want to get photographed all the time and after three songs it's over and so <laughs> it seems it's not a general rule that that everyone obeys to it but it's it's probably a distraction maybe for the uh, artists because people are there in their face kind of or clicking and they're noticing them. That, that's the only thing I could think of. I, I have think three so and, and, and probably there were some, I mean back in the days with analog photography probably a lot of people uses, used flash or something like this and people are just were pissed off it. And uh, yeah and working with, with bands directly means that uh, most likely I can shoot the whole show I have no restrictions, I can shoot on stage, I can shoot in the photo pit. And this for me is kind of the, the level that I want to reach for myself because I was shooting from, uh, from the pit now for six or seven years and 
I always, or, or I still work with for magazines in Vienna, and I still shoot from from photo pits. But having this connection with a band and um, kind of working together, it's like being part of the band for one evening, you know, because everyone tries to get the best out of it. And so, if if you have a cool band, they always try to look good in the pictures. They they try to see where you are. And I mean, this this was so obvious when I I was working with the Prodigy, and I mean these guys are pros and probably they they know to to play the concert in and out, but they always had a look where I was. So the drummer had a look when I was in the in the photo pit, and the guitarist was looking when I was right uh, next to him on the stage, and so the pictures turned out really great. And they also took now four of my concert pictures for their uh, actual album. So it's so the four concert pics in the in the booklet. And I think I wouldn't have the chance to be in there if I wouldn't have worked with them in direct contact. And so therefore I always try to to get in direct contact and this is the best thing for me. So they're actually voguing for you. They're there and they, they're conscious that you're there taking pictures, so they want to make sure they do the uh, rock star moves, the leaping, right. the jumping. the And when you're on the stage behind them, I mean, you're getting a whole different angle perspective. You're getting the audience. Uh, recently, talk about your experience with the 100,000 people. <laughs> yeah, this was, for me, my, my biggest project so far. So... To keep the, the story short, uh, I was working with uh, Vintage Trouble, it's uh, a band from LA, and uh, I got in contact with them first when I was traveling with uh, Chantel in Canada, and uh, they were also in playing after after Chantel, and uh, we had the, the same backstage area, and so these guys are really cool because they always uh, play in suits and really well-dressed. And so I, I noticed them and I just thought, okay, let's, let's ask them to do some portraits. And uh, yeah, they were really cool. And uh, I shot some portraits. I shot uh, uh, the concert afterwards. And then I got in contact with them uh, via Facebook. And yeah, we stayed a little bit in contact, but not, not so much. And uh, now two years later, um, I found out that this Vintage Trouble guys are playing as a support band uh, for ACDC in Austria. And uh, I thought, why not just uh, ask the guitarist if I can join? And uh, I wrote him an, a message and he replied, yeah, he will have a look and uh, he will tell me tomorrow. So I was really curious what, what will happen. And the next day I got a mail and uh, they said, yeah, it's cool. Just join us on stage. It, it will be our biggest concert ever in front of 115,000 people. And uh, this was also the biggest uh the biggest single concert in Austria so far uh, was at the Grand Prix uh, Secret in, in uh, Styria. And uh, yeah, so I joined them and uh, next day I was standing on stage with them in front of 115,000 people, which is a little bit scary, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> hope they don't rush the stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they, 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 were, they were cool. Like Altamont or something, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah no I, I think um yeah as you said it's it's a totally different perspective as a as a concert photographer and i think it's also 
another level compared to shooting in the photo pit because in the photo pit everything is is rather safe i mean you, you cannot really do something wrong which will influence the the actual concert or the the band members and uh on stage i mean it's it's a totally different beast because if you by chance unplug some cables which you shouldn't do i mean the worst oh. case the worst case would be that all the sound is gonna probably you could, won't happen i didn't think about that you could trip on wires yeah, yeah sure i mean there are a lot of wires and normally i mean in, in this case it was daytime because they were the support band but for example prodigy i mean everything is dark they have strobe lights all the whole mm -hmm. concert and they have fog and if you're going the, on, the, on the stage back there i mean there are a lot of cables there is the fog machine there are lights standing there you cannot see anything and i mean that's that's really you really have to to take care not to to make any stuff fall forward with that camera and like land go yeah fly. But, but, but whatever i mean everything can happen and i mean therefore i think if if um, bands allow you to be on stage and work with them on stage they really trust you as a photographer and they know you're professional because otherwise they don't want to to have the risk to have anyone on stage and doing some shit there when they're playing their gig exactly and so therefore it's yeah as a con as a concert photographer i think that's that's the most challenging thing to to work with them on stage and um and don't be too kind of you know it's it's the show of the band and and you and the audience pays the ticket to to see the band and not to see a photographer jumping around there all the time so you really have to take caution to not to be too present. So one way is to, to wear all black. So have a black t-shirt, have dark trousers. Because if you be, if the band is all dressed in black and you have a white t-shirt and you jump out all the time. It doesn't look good so, when they come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so maybe that's, that's not a good Don't idea. wear fluorescent. <laughs> yeah, no, no fluorescent, right. Yeah, and then then it, it all depends what the, what the band's want you to do so i mean one good spot is always behind the drums or the drums are always standing on a drum riser it's called um, and you can stay there and you stand up there and then you have a nice view down to the to the audience and stuff like this but you have to to ask them before because if the drum is not aware that you are standing there next to him right with his hand i mean yeah, yeah i mean it yeah it depends i mean with vintage trouble he, he told me that's totally fine for him because anyhow the drum riser was big enough and when i'm not standing directly in front uh on the back of him then then it's fine and you just really have to take care not to yeah get into trouble or like um you always have guitar tech guys there who just after each song or also during the song you know bring the next guitar and stuff like this or bass guitar and uh, if you're standing there and then just um yeah make the life of them harder it's also not good because you're there to, to capture the moments but you you you're not the yeah the most important guy there you're supposed to blend in blend in with the yeah, scenery yeah. right and just you're discreet i guess that's the word you yeah, need yeah to be discreet or being invisible as possible because it's not about you it's about the band and, and exactly. people playing for the band and you're trying to make them look as good as they can look right it's all about them 
Right, and, and so therefore it's, it's, it's always an advantage if, if uh, people are aware that they get photographed now and you work together because then, as you said, they do all the rockstar poses and, and the mm. pictures turn also out great. So. I have a question. It's, it's about photography, but it's a little different. Um, what about these punk rock bands that spit at the crowd? Have you ever been like whacked <laughs> with spit? Or no. They always water and they spit it out. And it drives me crazy when they do that. Nah, uh, fortunately not. So I know, <laughs> I know of, of the old Gwar, but anyhow, they're not anymore. But you know the band Gwar? Gwar? Yeah. I mean, I've, 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 yeah, I've yeah. seen them in <laughs> ah, okay. I've never seen them, but I guess they have a lot of kind of back nineties. Uh, yeah, 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 they have a lot of of ugly stuff getting into the <laughs> the audience. So yeah, no, I, I didn't have this experience so far. You haven't experienced that because I'm always worried about oh god when they start spitting that water. <laughs> uh, I, I once recently I saw some picture of uh, Black Sabbath, and I think mm -hmm. they also kind of poured some stuff into the photo pit so yeah i mean your camera could get wet and uh sure i mean yeah these bands don't care about this but for uh, from a photographer's point of view i think that's stupid to kind of pour water or whatever to the photographers because if i don't want to get photographers then i say okay there will be no accreditation and that's also fine so so What's on the horizon for Matthias? You have your uh, concert photography uh, projects you've been working on, your book, and now you're doing the uh, on online course, correct? Yeah, right. So actually, I'm I'm working on my online course, which will be kind of the ultimate video course for concert photographers, and uh, this will be a five weeks course, and uh, the thing will be. It's similar to a university course, so you have to sign in and then you get uh, five modules and one module each week. So, and the, the idea behind is that uh, I want to people to, yeah, to watch the video and then also take action. So there will be also kind of homeworks and stuff like this. And I guess that's, that's a good idea. And in, so it, it's called Shooting the Rockstars. Uh, from zero to hero in five weeks. So I think that's, that gets the things done. So in five weeks, you should be able to skyrocket your, your content. Grading or you just kind of work at your own pace? Is there grading involved or uh, you just go? No, I mean, the, the modules are kind of, you have the beginner module, module. It's, it's kind of similar to the book, but with a lot more of, um, uh, of information because there is the basic module and then there is a module for advanced uh, photographers how to get accreditation so then there will be an individual model how to shoot for bands and there is everything included with going on tour and how to get in contact with bands and then the new thing is there will be a, a new model about marketing so how i market my my work with social media and all this stuff and how to use them and also one extra model with business because a lot of people struggling with the business side, uh, yeah, how to to make money, how to. And That's stuff the like hard this. negotiating. Artists sometimes spend so much time on the art of what they're doing, and but when it comes to business, they get taken to the cleaners. 
<laughs> right, and, and and therefore, I mean, this is this is what I have seen for um, people are always emailing me, and they also ask people what they are struggling the most, and it's definitely uh, getting press accreditation, and uh, how to make money or how to do the business stuff, because you know most of the people are shooting concerts, and then all of a sudden a band asks uh, they want to to get a get pictures, and no one knows how much they should uh, pay for it and, and how to offer it and, and also what about music contracts I mean nowadays it's like if you're shooting more famous bands you most likely have to sign contracts and uh, that's also a big issue because uh, people go to a concert and then they are presented this contract and it's in this weird language that no one understands and no one knows really what to do and should I sign or should I not sign and then there are there are rights grabbing contracts so to speak uh, where uh, when you sign you give all the rights to the to the management and they can do whatever they want to with it and also yeah use it for commercial usage uh, without compensation for the photographer and uh, my aim with this whole how to become a rockstar photographer is also to get all the people on the same level kind of and tell them it's okay if you start out to do things in a special way but if you really want to get um, to professional level or even just that people are aware that that uh, you cannot just get or, or have all the pictures for free for all the bands and it's kind of it's a business and um, if you just give everything for free, also for commercial use, like CD covers or T-shirts, then probably the bands know this and they, they will not take you kind of as a professional, but will say, okay, this is another guy who's just taking pictures. And uh, I think it's kind of my duty to tell people that's probably not a good idea to kind of don't know about the business side, because I think this will fire back like a boomerang and... If you want to, to be professional or stay in this business, you cannot just give everything for free because I think it's the only business, or at least from what I know of the music business, that people uh, get equipment for ten thousands of dollars but then give everything for free and no one is wants to pay for them. So, I mean, that's it's like you're going to, I don't know, to a haircut and say, yeah, cut my hair, but I just want to pay half of the price. And so that's yeah. that's what people are facing all the time in this music business. And it's, it's ludicrous. Our equipment is more expensive than a lot of the guitars and stuff that the musicians sure. are using. Sure, and and, <laughs> and still it's kind of normal that you give the pictures for free and no one wants to pay for it. And and I I think a lot of photographers are just so flattered that they're getting asked, right. and the flat is going to their head and they're realizing or they should realize hey don't sell yourself short you are a professional if you keep giving something for free that's expected all the time it's a bad precedence right for... and that's that's the that's the main problem i guess because you have this celebrity factor and mm -hmm. uh for sure they also play with it so if you're shooting for a famous band they won't pay you because they say be glad that you can take pictures of us because we are the stars and you got the, the pictures so and we are not paying for it and that's kind of you know i mean it, we're it, like at the bottom of the 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 the, 
the feeding chart or what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, it seems, I mean, because <laughs> a lot of people sell like themselves. The <laughs> yeah, because people sell themselves as the, the lowest, uh, yeah, in, in the line. And, and that's, that's not right. And I mean, the, I think the challenge is to find kind of a balance because if you want to shoot with this or for these bands, uh, you also have to offer them something because, I mean, if you just say pay for my pictures and uh, you can, can buy it, then they will say, okay, we'll take another one because all the others are doing it for free. So you have to find kind of a balance where you say, okay, you get the door open, you can kind of build a relationship with the band, but uh, you are not uh, yeah, under, under valuing your work. So what I'm doing, for example, is everything what is for promotional usage, like PR as a press pictures, like merchandise and stuff like this, uh, they have to pay for it because, I mean, that's commercial usage. They will get money out of it. I will also get money out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, that makes complete sense. And uh, it seems nowadays, I think, cell phones and all these different point-and-shoot cameras are pretty high quality and they basically are putting us under and uh, I'm seeing here in my local area newspapers that have they've cut all the photographers the staff as far as fire them and they'll have a journalist go out there write an article and take pictures with a little five-year-old Nikon Coolpix camera right. from the soundboard too mm. and they put this online and the photos are blurry and the, the, the quality is just not good and people are starting to accept that as the norm mm. which is scary. yeah that's that's the problem because uh, selling concert pictures is really hard because yeah as you mentioned uh, right now if if you're working for a newspaper and every everyone is struggling then probably just some guide from the newspaper go there with the, the iPhone and that's also fine. Or they get it from Getty Images, I don't know, two years ago from a concert because anyhow nobody knows how this guy looks like now or what he was wearing the other night. So so it's, it's really hard and I think the best way, I mean it's the hardest way, but the best way uh, to make money out of it is to work with bands directly and uh, sell them the pictures. Because if they say they want PR pictures, then you're in, in direct contact with the, with the management and uh, you can go from there. So if you're shooting for, for newspapers, for example, I don't know how it's in the US, but here in, in Europe or in Vienna, you get probably $60 per printed picture. And mm. uh, concert pictures are not that uh, often printed. And the ones that are printed are from the famous bands. And if you're not directly working with a, a newspaper, then you won't get access to it because you have to sign the contracts. And uh, the, real, the, the really famous bands like the Rolling Stones, I, I was once shooting uh, for the Rolling Stone magazine. So therefore, I, I got the, the access. Oh, that that's, that's my bucket list, which I'll never <laughs> get. <laughs> uh, you, you never know. But uh, but normally for all the, the really famous bands, you need to be photographing for a uh, for a big magazine for a newspaper. And 
here in Austria, it's like we have five big newspapers and there are photographers who are doing the job for 20 years and more. And these are the five guys who will be there and taking pictures, but no one else. That's kind of how it is here for the big concerts. So it's the same uh, usual suspects. Right, right. <laughs> and, it and, no yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if they're shooting high quality pictures or not. It's just, yeah, it's a press picture and anyhow people see, okay, that's the, that's the artist on the picture and that's it. So they don't care really. About the quality. Yeah. It's, it's kind of disconcerting to be honest. All right. And yeah. we're, I spend so many hours doing the editing and fine tuning and I'm thinking, does anybody even notice the difference? <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's 30, it should be 34 or 50 or, yeah, you know, yeah. Now, I, I yep. think I think in the end, pe people will will recognize it uh, if they are aware of it. So anyhow, I mean, if you if you want to work with a band who don't care how the picture look like, then probably it's anyhow not the right client because they will take take the uh, the people who will do it for free because they don't care. Um, but I guess it it will make a difference if you you really try to to get the best shots out of a concert and, and show it on your portfolio because people will recognize it. But when you, I have a question because, uh, for myself, when you go or when I go to a concert, sometimes I might send like one or two samples, low resolution to the band, but that's it. Just to show them what kind of work I do. Do you typically do that? And then you figure, well, if they like those two, maybe they'll want more. Um, yeah, what I'm doing um, when I'm working with bands together, as I said, the, for me, the most important point is to get the door open, kind of. And what I'm offering is to work for them or with them um, that evening and they will get uh, low res pictures with my watermark on it for free to use at the social media channels like Facebook and Twitter and so on. And um, this works, I guess, really good because therefore the band has also something. It's kind of, it's not just taking the risk and having me on stage and, and taking pictures and then they have to pay anyhow because they don't get any pictures. But in this case, they have at least um, low res pictures for the social media sites. And then I tell them, if they want to have high-res pictures without uh, my logo and they want to use it for, for press pictures or whatever, they have to get in contact with me and we will find a deal. And so that's, that's actually my balance that I say, okay, I will give them the low-res pictures, they can use it, but if they want to have them as, as press pictures and if they really like it, they have to pay for it. And uh, this strategy works well for me. I've never tested, honestly saying, if I say, okay, uh, I wouldn't like to have 600 bucks and uh, I take pictures of your concert. Mm. But I assume that this won't work because people don't want to pay upfront when they don't really know how it works out. And Well, they don't know how, how your pictures are. They probably just want to pick out, select, like, select a few that they like. So Right. And yeah, I mean... These things happens that they use it then on social media and probably on the homepage and they use it with the logo and you drive more traffic to your site then. I mean, sure, that's probably not the, it's not the money driven way or approach to do it. 
but I guess to be uh, successful as a music photographer, anyhow, you shouldn't be only money driven because it's so much more about getting in contact with the bands, building relationship, build trust with them. And I mean, what I can say all with the bands I was touring with, I toured with them after I know them for a couple of years. It was never like, yeah, this guy took great pictures, let's take him on tour. So it, for Chantelle, it took me three years to... Do you yourself to them? I mean, like, let's say you would go take pictures. You usually do, let's say, a few songs. Do you actually go and introduce yourself? How do you get to know the band? Um, yeah, I mean, there are several ways. You, you can find the contact information uh, in the internet, like on the band's homepage or mm -hmm. even Facebook fan page, whatever. And uh, you just mail them. And I mean, just mail them is also easy <laughs> but uh, it's also the hard way and, and in the especially in the beginning most of the time you won't get any response or you won't you will just get no's or whatever and um, therefore I think it's important to build up your portfolio and then to show people okay this guy or, or this girl is uh, yeah can do the, the job and, and can do awesome or take awesome pictures and mm -hmm. uh, from my portfolio now uh, because I was working directly with Iggy Pop and The Prodigy and Fink and all these this bands. Um, I think I have uh, already a reputation if I uh, write an email to a band who is obviously not at that level, which most of the bands are, then they probably also feel flattered and say, ah, cool, this guy is working with these bands. And, exactly. And then... Or, or, Last time, for example, I was shooting a Swedish uh, metal band I really like and uh, yeah, build up trust and relationship. And then mm -hmm. um, another Swedish band was playing in Vienna and I just contacted the first band and said, hey, you toured with these guys and it would be great if I can also shoot them. And he just gave me the contact to the drummer and everything was set up because you go in there and say, hi, greetings from oh. this band. And he said, oh, why do you know him? And And that's... I think it's mm -hmm. it's all about building relationships, and all right. and sure we have to to survive somehow, and the money issue is always always big. But yeah, I, I would say don't become a concert photographer because of the big money, because there is no big money involved. <laughs> at least at least only for a few people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. That's the thing. Just like the musicians, they don't necessarily make big money. Any anything in right. the art, but you do it because you love it. Right, and, and, and I think that's also the the best way to start. You do the things that you love, and then if it's the right thing, or, or if you get famous or whatever, or, or you like the stuff you're doing, you're doing awesome work, then the money will follow. But doing doing the things or doing art because of the money, I think it's, it's the wrong approach and probably it, it won't work out and just, uh, yeah, get you frustrated. Yeah. Sure. I got, <laughs> I got the book. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a great one. About like an artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I noticed a lot of your, what you do is, is in the book. Yeah. yeah I, I the got... way you've been running your, your operation and everything. And, uh, this was a great buy, a lot of good, common sense advice that I needed someone to tell me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great book, even though it's, it's really 
small book and it's not not so much information it but the information what is in it is is great good and even the quotes from the people it right. makes total sense right so i've been i've been enjoying those two little books there <laughs> great me too <laughs> yeah. well um what's your website my website is www.howtobecomearockstarphotographer.com All right. <laughs> You're listening to Rock at Night.